tell you what. I'll tell you what. We hate Olives, but we love Josh Oliver tonight over seven and a half receiving yards against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football, baby. With Mark Andrews out, with Rashad Bateman out, Isaiah Likely is going to play the everything role, which means Josh Yeo is going to step into the Isaiah Likely role. We ain't role-playing out here, though. We're just playing. Ooh, we're working today, Ikey baby. Ikey baby's on the ones and twos. We've got use on the Josh Oliver over seven and a half receiving yards. If you've never been on prize picks before, one, what the fuck is you doing? Number two, you're a loser. Number three, go sign up. Go download the app. Go to prizepicks.com. Whatever you want to do, if you use the promo code BDGE, boom, they are going to hit you with a 100% deposit match. Throw down 20, get 40. Throw down 40, and you got what Joe Mixon did in fantasy points yesterday. All these states in yellow are eligible to go sign up on prize picks. All the states in black, well, guess what? You stink. You stink. You need to hit your legislator. Go to your fucking local government. Go to your police station and riot. Burn it down. It's Monday, and we're about to burn the fucking place down. All right, we're going to go game by game, as we always do, every single Monday morning, recapping the single biggest takeaway from each game. We won't go into every single player because who got time for that shit? Ike said he's hungry. Make sure you all following us on TikTok, by the way. Make sure you actually put me. Click it. Go, go, go. All right. I forget what I was going to say. I don't remember what I was talking about. We are going to Penn State this weekend, though. Mojo, beautiful people on Mojo, which we will talk about as the video goes on, are sending us to the game this weekend. Penn State versus Maryland. I think they're playing Maryland. We're going to post up for the weekend. So if you are a Penn State native, if you are a Penn State alumni, if you are a Penn State student, if you are a future Penn State student, if you haven't even been born yet, but you think you might be going to Penn State in 22 years, share this with your friends. Come hang out with us. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're going to be doing. But just know we're going to come correct. Everybody's coming. <sighs> Stop touching my buttons, Nick. Wasn't me. It was a guy under my debt. Uh, pause. Fuck. It was a girl under my neck. <sighs> there's, no, there's no way I'm getting out of this. Let's just get to the goddamn games. First up, we want to talk about losers. How about my loser fucking Falcons? But, but, biggest takeaway on the Atlanta side? Crispy. Crunchy. Cordy P. Bike 13 for 44 and two Tuggeroon skis. This guy also, all you know what? Listen, you could see Tyler Algier went 10 for 99. He looks great too. They both looked great. The run game was cooking. Everybody cooks against the Los Angeles Chargers run defense. Biggest takeaway was Cordy P is bike. You get him bike into your lineup. Good stat line, you know, not super efficient. Great fantasy numbers. He also had like a 50 yard touchdown run called. Bike, So he could have had an even bigger day, should have had a bigger day, but he was big enough for y'all. On the flip side of the things, another lackluster performance from Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers offense. They get it done. Biggest takeaway here is Josh Palmer seems to be the guy. DeAndre Carter, not a terrible flex if you're in PPR, but they're going to be spreading it around between Carter, Everett, these guys behind Josh Palmer. But Palmer seems to be uh, the it player as Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are probably going to miss multiple more weeks. All right, so you start Palmer, you start Everett. If you're desperate, you could start Carter going forward. Uh, Herbert's a dude that 
honestly, I, uh, I, I don't think you should feel compelled to start him in one quarterback leagues anymore. He just has not. I, I think he has one game of over 300 passing yards this season. Maybe two, but he hasn't done it in a while. The the ceiling, it's such a it's sad, man. What a wasted year because of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams' injury. If those two were on the field together for Herbert, this, this offense I still think would be slanging D everywhere. So move over to the Miami and Chicago game. Man, this was such a fucking fun game. I don't know if there is a offense, an offense that I enjoy watching more than the Miami Dolphins. They are just clicking on every single cylinder. They have a laptop with 15 different mouses plugged into it, and it's just click, 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 click. Everything is working for them right now. It seems like every play is the same thing. Tua drops back. You know what's crazy? I'm watching the game yesterday, and I'm like, man, Tua has so much time in the pocket. Every throw feels like it's clean. Every throw feels like he's you know not really under pressure, having to move too much. And then I go on PFF, and I kind of want to see if they've uploaded the, the grades for today's games or yesterday's games because I don't, I don't think they had it factored in to when they did this. All right, let's see what we got here. Okay, so yeah, they are still second – to last in terms of pass blocking grade per PFF. Just overall team pass blocking, they are 31st, which blew my fucking mind. And it makes me not trust PFF to begin with, but I like to use it as like a lenient starting point, which it just was crazy to me because Tua just goes bonkers, 300 yards, three touchdowns, high rating. Uh, Tariq and Jalen Waddle, like always, get it done. Biggest takeaway from the Miami side, other than this team is awesome, is the Jeff Wilson-Raheem Mostert split which we got a lot of hate for on youtube last week when me animal and tony sat down and just told you all the truth and you didn't want to hear it that jeff wilson was going to come in have a very big role and probably take over the 1a to Mostert's 1b we didn't even really say it was going to happen this quickly but it did wilson outsnapped him 49 percent to 47 percent. they both got nine carries wilson went nine for 51 raheem Mostert went nine for 26 but Wilson caught all three of his targets for 21 yards and a touchdown. Mostert only had two targets. Didn't catch either of them. This is a very clear split backfield. This guy just got onto the team, and he already basically took over that 1A role. They're both startable in my eyes. Actually, Raheem Mostert is probably like a desperate flex play at this point. Wilson is very, very startable. They got their week nine bye coming up. Um, let's actually go over the buys. So we had a lot of buys this week. As you all know, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, 49ers were on a buy. We have week 10 coming up. I believe there are four teams on a buy to Cincinnati, New England, New York Jets, and the Baltimore Ravens. So, yes, we have the um, – no, we don't have the Dolphins on a buy. Okay? I'm just straight up lying to you all. You love to see it. Or wait, did I look at the wrong week? No, I looked at the right week. Uh, yeah, Jeff Wilson, biggest takeaway that uh biggest takeaway from the chicago Bears side is justin fields is really good right now he is really 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 good okay he just had i don't know if you guys have heard this stat yet i feel like you probably have if you follow football at all but he went 15 for 178 on the ground and a touchdown those 178 rushing yards for Justin Fields was a NFL record. Those were the single most rushing yards in a game by a quarterback all time. 178 rushing yards. He had seven designed rushes. They are, this is a staple. Finally, they are giving him the Lamar Jackson treatment, okay? They're giving him that, like, he's awesome on the ground. He's an athlete. He's a beast. 
Let's actually play to his strengths. And when you play to his strengths, this is what happens. The performance itself in fantasy, the guy goes over like 50 points, 45 points, whatever in fantasy, little bit inflated. You look at the passing numbers, 123 yards, only 4.4 yards per attempt, three touchdowns. But right now, everything we've seen over the last month of the season, I mean, you look at his mojo price right now. He's up tremendously over the last week, but over the last month, this should this should give you confidence if you're a Chicago Bears fan that you got the right guy. And this should give you depression if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan that you that you drafted a tight end who continuously has 20 yards week over week over week instead of actually drafting a quarterback. Justin Fields looks like the fact that he can pull together, that he can string together a performance like this after the last month of the season, so you're getting four to five performances in a row that make you confident in him as a player with the surrounding cast that he currently has, man. So Fields, I'm ecstatic if I am a Bears or um, if I'm a Bears fan right now because he's playing lights out. Chase Claypool had his first game, six targets, second on the team, um, had a PI call deep down the field. They got him involved early, often, so I guess good to see. But Justin Fields is the clear takeaway from this game. Move over to Carolina and Cincinnati. Uh, the takeaway for Carolina, P.J. Walker is exactly who we have seen him be like 17 different times over the last two years. People are like actually acting like he was a new quarterback after last week. Just ridiculous takes being thrown around on Twitter. He got benched for Baker Mayfield. I believe Baker Mayfield should probably start next week, which gives us you know no real hope for D.J. Moore. Had a terrible game. But one of the, one of the key takeaways here is uh, Terrace Marshall is now strung together a couple weeks in a row. Uh, that were super fantasy usable. Three for 53 on six targets, did get the touchdown. He's getting a in a significant amount of red zone looks, which I guess will happen when you have zero red zone weapons in the passing game, right? Terrace Marshall's the longest, leanest, I guess most, I can't really give him most explosive, but Marshall's a guy I guess you could look at on the wire. I, I don't really have, you know, I do I want the wide receiver two in a Carolina offense led by Baker Mayfield? Absolutely not, but it was worth, talking about Foreman a really poor game Raheem Blackshear um, had two fewer carries also got the touchdown and was really involved in the passing game where Foreman was brutal but I'll still go back to Foreman I think he's a good running back they get the Falcons coming up this Sunday or actually this Thursday night Frank Reich fired whoa Let's move over to the Colts. Let's just fucking zip it over there. I don't know if that's true or not, or if Ike Baby's lying to me, but I feel like he wouldn't. He's a piece of shit. One thing he doesn't do is lie, except for sometimes. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the Colts. We wanted to get into Sam Allinger. This guy's just clearly not an NFL quarterback. Um, he was he's a guy on Mojo. On Mojo, what you want to do if you're if you're in New Jersey, you can go invest and play on Mojo right now. If you're on Mojo, the the value, right? The nuts, the the nuts right now are investing in quarterbacks before they step onto young quarterbacks before they step onto the field, knowing that they're going to get onto the field eventually. So if you hit Sam Ellinger as soon as the news was announced, you got a nice bump. You got a nice bump in share price for a guy like him. You want to be looking at guys like, you know, Desmond Ritter and even like the Mike Whites out there. If something were to happen to Zach Wilson or if he plays really poorly, he might get benched for a second half. As soon as these quarterbacks step on the field, they get a big bump. We saw the big bump from Ellinger when he got it. But we saw we see this absolutely waterfall of a dip happening on his mojo price after these last few games, because this dude is clearly not an NFL quarterback. He's throwing like knuckleballs out of the pocket, like things that I, like he's he's trying to cast like a spell with the football that he's throwing out at you. It's uh, it's brutal and it's absolutely demoralized this entire Colts team. They've looked terrible. They just 
fired Frank Reich. I don't really blame them at all. He's handled a lot of situations poorly. The benching of Matt Ryan. He's I I it's I guess it's kind of weird because from ownership, you would assume that they're kind of just like tanking to get a better draft pick, but you would have him in mind. If you're Frank Reich, you're trying to win games, you're playing Matt Ryan over Sam Ellinger, even though that didn't really work. Um, but you know, using just some of the, the questionable decisions he's made over the last few years. So they they fired a few uh coaches last week as well so they're just uh, on a absolute free fall right now and i don't know if there's anybody literally any single person in this on this team that you can play right now i wonder what happens now uh i'd assume matt ryan has played his last snap for indianapolis and ellinger will be the starter for the remainder of the season but it's going to get really bad here when we do animals power rankings on tiktok later this week uh it would be I guess it's going to be probably Colts in Houston, which shout out to the fucking AFC South for being just absolutely um, just disgusting, just throw up worthy. I can't imagine they are higher than 31st right now in the power ranking. So Sam Ellinger stinks. The rest of his team stinks. Deion Jackson hyperextended his knee at one point, but he did not put on a good show either. This, This is just a brutal offense all around to watch. On the flip side, it wasn't much better for Mac Jones and the Patriots, but their defense was fucking incredible. Held me in check in a couple of my fantasy games that still start defenses. Got me like 26 points on sleeper. Uh, Stevenson, you know, does Stevenson things with Damian Harris out. They have a bye next week, so I expect Harris to be bike after that, and then we'll kind of see what the time split goes on from there. But you can't really start too many players in this team besides Ramondre and Jacoby Myers. Uh, Let's move back to Cincinnati because we cannot – just run away from Joe Mixon and what he did five touchdowns on 26 touches over 200 yards from scrimmage. So congratulations for your win. If you had Joe Mixon in your lineup, Um, I mean, there's not really much to say here. I think we kind of know what Mixon is. He has his high ceiling games where he scores a lot of touchdowns and then there will be games where he goes 18 for 55 on the ground and one for eight through the air. So if you have Mixon, just enjoy this game. I don't think it really changes anything for him in my humble ass opinion, but they'll probably continue to try to lean on him. I mean, you're playing against Carolina too. Like they're, they're Carolina. Like if, if your game plan is not to establish a run against them, I don't know if you belong in uh, high school coaching, you know, uh, they play the Steelers after a, do they have a bye because this is not until November 20th. Um, so maybe they have, a, I believe they have a bye next week and then, and then they play the Steelers after that. So, um, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing fucking new here. Packers-Lions, Aaron Rodgers just looks so bad, throwing red zone pick after red zone pick after red zone pick. I think the biggest there's, – there's two takeaways from the Packers side of things. There are two injuries. Aaron Jones got banged up and was walking around with a limp, so this would be A.J. Dillon season if that were still a possible thing, but it doesn't seem like that because their team is in absolute fucking shambles right now. They're not blocking. They're not moving the ball. They're not scoring. But Alan Lazard scored. 10 fucking targets doubled the next closest guy because Romeo Dobbs got hurt. And I believe it's a high ankle sprain. That's significant enough to miss multiple weeks, which means Alan Lazard should be like a, a pretty nice wide receiver too, for you in fantasy going forward. This dude, Samori Tori. I don't know if I'm saying that right at all, but he's, he's kind of popped up in the box score a few times over the last couple of weeks. So he's someone to keep an eye on Robert Tunyon to see an uptick in targets as well. Uh, Christian Watson though, he got taken off the field to see whether or not he got another concussion. Did that actually happen? Concussion in two weeks. Yeah, that's not good at all. Um, so Watson's hurt. Dobbs is hurt. 
everybody's hurt. Randall Cobb's hurt. Alan Lazard might get 48 targets. So we might see someone random emerge from this receiving groups, but they're like spreading it around their tight ends, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, um, Robert Tunyon. So knowing that I could really, really trust right now outside of Lazard, if Aaron Jones misses time, you start Dylan, obviously, because he becomes like the guy in this backfield. He becomes someone who will probably get 20 touches, Right. Because between him and Aaron Jones, you know, they haven't been producing, but they are getting 25 to 28 opportunities total. And most of those will go to Dylan. Now, he'll be a 20 touch per game back. Hasn't looked good doing it whatsoever, but the volume should be enough. On the flip side of things, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown leads the team with nine targets again. He will have his big games. DeAndre Swift did exactly what literally Dan Campbell told us was going to happen. He said when he got five carries last week, that was too many. And that should have been just the, the giantest of red flags for everybody, but people, still try to get cute with it he's still very very banged up obviously still very very hampered and until we have like until they let him rest more um i expect the same type of volume still explosive but like they're not going to give him you know more than five carries in a game which means he's probably nothing more than like a low-end rb2 at this point bills jets shout out new york shout out gang green shout out poppy shout out my grandpa for the fucking baller ass Jets starter um jacket that he gave me i need to when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details wear one day it's like an extra large though so it makes me look like a fucking clown but i'm a, I'm a rocket next time they get a big win josh allen played one of his poorest games that we've seen from him in a while which just makes me believe more and more into the jets defense that is so ever clearly legit but he adds two touchdowns on the ground along with almost 90 rushing yards the only takeaway here is gabe davis kind of continues to be boomer bust um name Hines's first game in buffalo just a target. So nothing there. Obviously unstartable. On the Jets side of things, Michael Carter finally had a good game, 12 for 76, and a touchdown. James Robinson actually outcarried him. Well, had more carries, 13 to 48. Not explosive. Averaged nearly half the yards per carry he did. But James Robinson did get a receiving touchdown because he's a motherfucker, and I dropped him right before this game. Garrett Wilson continues to eat, though. Elijah Moore continues to be starved with an empty plate. They're not running any plays for him. They're not even letting him play, basically, at all. Uh, Garrett Wilson, you continue to start, especially, I mean, it, it feels like, you know, as soon as Corey Davis went out, Garrett Wilson started kind of popping off. I'm hesitant to say that when Corey Davis comes back, it goes back to that way. Um, I think Garrett Wilson can be like a wide receiver three flex play that you, that you just trust every single week and you put him into your lineup. Vikings and commanders. Hmm. Uh, biggest takeaway from the Viking side of things is definitely the arrival of TJ Hawkinson. Nine targets immediately. 
catches all nine of them for 70 yards. So while I thought this was going to be a lateral move for DJ Hawkinson, it looks like it will be a, a big upgrade. And it looks like you got someone who's ridiculously involved in their offense. So good for y'all. On the Washington side of things, Taylor Heineke continues to Taylor Heineke. That backfield is gross, man. They had no J.D. McKissick. And without him, you would assume Gibson probably pops off for a big game. It just didn't happen. They they could get nothing done against the Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota uh, defense. They're an underrated defense right now. Just an underrated team overall, 7-1. and one. Um, They're clicking on almost all cylinders right now. I don't know if you can trust. I mean, you definitely can't trust Brian Robinson because his rushing ceiling is so low. And his receiving workload is so low as well. Um, he's getting carries, but they're they're just emptiness. They're just a, a a look into a black soul right now. It's it's gross out there. Gibson, um, Gibson, I would continue to start because he's getting good workload and he's getting involved in the passing game to a pretty high degree. Curtis Samuel finally had a big game, but it came on like a re- an absurd fifty yard catch that I don't that just never repeats itself. Raiders, Jaguars, the Raiders. The Raiders have blown like fucking four 20-point leads this year. It makes absolutely no sense. I don't know what kind of conversation you have with Josh McDaniel after a game like this, after the four games in which they've blown 17 20-point leads. It's in it's it's something that has never happened in the NFL at this rate. Derek Carr, decent game. Jacobs back down to earth. Devontae Adams goes absolutely fucking insane. This is like uh, this is like the L.A. Rams over in Vegas, just with a run game. It's just like if Devontae Adams leaves their lineup, what is their offense? Jacksonville, Travis, Travis Etienne just continues to fucking eat, man. 28 for 109, two touchdowns, 30 touches overall. This guy is just like a high-end RB1. He's a high-end RB1. This is the reason that we loved him in the summer because he's explosive. He can handle all three downs. He can handle a big workload. People thought of him as like a scat back, but nah, man. He weighed in at like 215 at the combine. He's big enough to to get things going. So good good outing from Trevor. Good outing from Travis. All the TRs, all the Triz. Um, Nothing else really to take away on the Jacksonville side of things. Seahawks Cardinals. Geno continues to light it up. This Seattle team is so legit, man. What a... Just just the biggest surprise of the year is just how good this team actually is. Gino is just so in control. 275, two touchdowns, adds 38 on the ground. Kenneth Walker, just an absolute fucking monster. 26, 109, two touchdowns on the ground, 20 yards through the air. Kenneth Walker, another guy like right up there at Travis Etienne where not a lot of backs that you would rather have, that you would rather own in fantasy for the remainder of the season. Lockett and Metcalf both get theirs. They both get into the end zone, so you keep playing them. Noah Fant finally had a big game, but he is pretty much untrustable because you never know. He's like the uncrustable of tight ends. Absolutely never know if uh, if he's going to get the ball ever in games or if it's going to be like Will Disley or Colby Parkinson. So definitely don't trust him after this game, but he did have the one big play, which really like you know lined up his stats. It was just like a little dump off right by the line of scrimmage that he took for 50 yards. So nothing major there on the flip side. I think the biggest takeaway here would be James Connors return. He goes right back into that workhorse role, seven carries, 45 yards to Eno Benjamin's four for 12. He also gets five targets. So the Eno run was fun, but it looks like it is over immediately. If you have Connor, I I mean, you can, you put him back into your lineup because he's the workhorse here, but the offense is really, really fucking putrid. Rondell Moore though, continues to run all his, uh, snaps from the slot, another big game, eight for 69. So if you're in a PPR league, Rondell Moore is, is putting up 
Numbs on the board for you, man. Rams versus Buccaneers. This was just the worst fucking game ever. This was the worst game. It was kind of nice to see Tom Brady excited after the game, though. You know, feels like he got his soul back inside of his body. He was happy. He was hugging Byron Leftwich. He was like, that was fucking awesome. That was a fun game towards the end. It was just the least amount of fun you could possibly have le- leading up to a, uh, a last-minute drive. The Rams run game. Actually, Darrell Henderson looked pretty good. He, he ripped off a couple explosive plays, but now you have Malcolm Brown getting involved. You have Cam Akers back on the field. Five carries, three yards. I feel bad for that dude, man. He's got to be living in hell right now. I mean, he's living in L.A., which is hell, but you know, mentally, I meant he's living in hell. Uh, like I said, with the Raiders, like – you take Cooper Cup out of this offense, and they might legitimately be the worst offense in the NFL. No line, no ground game, no weapons that can do anything outside of Cooper Cup. So it's really, really ugly just all around. In L.A. right now, they're 3-5. and five. Super Bowl hangover is real. I just don't see a way that they really bounce back from this. It's not like they have momentum in any one aspect of their game. It's not like they can be excited about a secondary pass catcher. And Taylor Higby. Uh, Tyler Higby goes under 15 receiving yards for the third straight game. Like he's fallen off tremendously. Everyone is down bad, down super fucking bad in LA. On the flip side, man, Leonard Fournette is one of the toughest evals in fantasy right now. He just looks so bad on the ground there. I mean, their rushing game is the worst in the NFL right now. It is the worst in the NFL. They are so bad on the ground. They're not opening up any holes. And a lot of this again, stems from the fact that their offensive line is super banged up. It was one of the concerns we had, um, in the summer, it was one of the concerns that we had early on in the year. These older quarterbacks do not do well under pressure, man. And, and Tom's uh, showing that right now, man. Couldn't get much going until the end of the – like 280 passing yards, sure, but 58 attempts, 4.8 yards per attempt, man. Not good out there. But Fournette, the thing with Fournette is he's going to get goal line carries if they're down there, and he's going to get it done either through the ground or through the air. So you continue to start him. He just does not have that weekly upside that we saw with him um, last year, you know. Mike Evans, kind of tough game, 11 targets. It feels like Mike Evans, listen, as much of a, as a beast as he is and, like, as alpha as he is, he gets fucking alpha often. But if, if there's, like, a really good cornerback that he's going to go up against, like the Jalen Ramsey and shit, it feels like he gets bodied all the time. Like, he'll make some bully-ass plays, but more often than not, I feel like he loses a lot of those matchups, unfortunately. Chris Godwin, man, he keeps getting double-digit targets, but he's not doing – Who did, Hayden Winks, I think, said today that like Chris, Chris Godwin just continues to be like Deontay Johnson right now. And that shit hurt my feelings. But it's true. I'll start – I'm going to continue starting Chris Godwin. I'm going to continue starting Mike Evans, obviously. Uh, let me see what their schedule looks like going forward. They get the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks defense has really stepped it up over the last month of the season. So that's not an easy game. Uh, they're playing in, I think they're going to Germany this weekend. Yeah. I was saying this yesterday in the office. Tom Brady's got to be absolutely fucking pissed. He's got to go all the way to Germany. He's got to be so pissed. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes his own private jet over there. 9.30 a.m. in Germany next Sunday. Bucks versus the Seahawks. Yep, good defense. Uh, this is not a game that makes me trust Kate Odden. It, it was kind of um, interesting how often there were like drives at a time where it was Brady only to Scott Miller. Like he stepped in, like Julio Jones, I'm pretty sure, like got hurt again for the 45th time this year. Um, but it was only Scott Miller at times during this game. So I wonder if he's a sneaky ad in PPR leagues because of how heavily he was targeted and how often he was involved. 
especially in the second half of the game, which makes me think that there might be a little bit of momentum moving over to next week's game. So Scotty Miller is the guy that I would keep an eye on. You're obviously not starting him unless you're super desperate, but keep an eye on practice reports with Julio Jones and, and, uh, and things like that. Last game of the evening. Uh, the fact that Malik Willis continues to rattle off like five completion games and gets like 80 yards. Here's the thing, dude. I know we don't like running backs as like MVP people, but Derrick Henry's got to be top five, top three and most valuable players. I get it. You can rattle off all the EPA stats you want and the fucking expected points over expected opportunity per touch per snap when it comes to running backs and the and how valuable they aren't. But if you're going to fucking sit here with a straight face and tell me Derrick Henry ain't the most valuable fucking player for a single team, like Tennessee is five and three with a quarterback that throws for 80 yards a game. It makes no, I mean, their defense is ferocious as well, but Henry is their entire, the opposing defense doesn't have to do anything except prepare for running. Look at the weapons that this man, Malik Willis, is throwing to. I'm like, let's just take a moment of silence. This looks like my fucking ninth grade English class. This looks like what my teacher was reading off the attendance sheet. Holy shit. All you got to do is know that they're going to Derrick Henry every single time. And you could do, there's nothing you could do about it. He is so valuable to this team. On the flip side, uh, Patrick Mahomes basically 10Xs the total of all three running backs combined. What is this? Like, what is this? 1.3 yards per carry, a long of three. It's so bad out there in Kansas City in the backfield, man. It's so bad. None of them are catching passes. None of them are startable, obviously, at this point. Mahomes goes 446 yards through the air on 68 attempts. Holy fuck. That's got to be a career high. Got to be career high for him. Kelsey catches 10 of 17 targets. Juju, there we go. 12 targets, 10 catches, 88 yards. Nicole Hardman has another good game. Nicole Hardman's actually been playing, playing pretty well. It's like, what's the Chiefs' upcoming schedule like right now? They get the Jags, then the Chargers, then the Rams, then the Bengals. All right, so nothing nothing too spicy on that schedule. Uh, Michael Hardman now has a touchdown in three straight games, including two rushing touchdowns last week. So you're talking about five touchdowns in the last three games and the game before that, four for 73. So Michael Hardman's on a nice little streak. I really think you could actually start him. I started him in a dynasty league against Tony uh, in a flex spot, which was beautiful. Um, Michael Hardman's having good games. Juju Smith-Schuster's having good games. I think both of them are startable. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you could start Travis Kelsey, too. It'd be like that. You'd be coming to me for the analysis like that. Um, What else we got here? I think that's it. Wow. That's really fucking – that's nice when we have six teams on a buy. This is how quick we go through the live stream. How we doing out there in the chat? How you doing? How we doing? What else we like on prize picks, y'all? What do we like tonight for prize picks? Let's talk about it. Let's get intricate. Let's get intimate, get intelligent, get irrelevant. Prize picks. Let's go. Promo code BDG. Get you 100% deposit match in Germania. I don't think that's correct. Out of Pierce, Lenny, and D. Cook, who would you be most willing to trade right now? Uh, I mean, 
I think that I, I think you Lenny is like the easy last ranking player in that list. So I would like to trade him, but you're probably getting the least value out of him. Need 41 from Kamara and likely tonight. Yeah, you're probably not going to get that unless that's a tight end premium league. 1.5 PPR. That's a tall task, my friend. I need, I'm in, I have like three matchups, maybe four that are getting decided tonight. I need 18 from Kamara in one half PPR. I need 27 to be, I'm actually playing snacks in two leagues, Dynasty League and then E-Town Get Down. I beat him in the E-Town Get Down if I get 27 from Olave, Devin Duvernay, and Isaiah Likely, half PPR, but Likely gets full PPR. So I feel pretty good about that. I just need like Olave to get 15 or something, and then the other two just combine for 12, something light. And then I need Olave to get just five points, half PPR to beat Tony and deal or no deal. Then I get to fucking egg him for our punishment. We're doing a lot of dumb shit like that on TikTok, by the way. So if you don't follow us on TikTok, I would, uh, I think you should do that. You know, unbiased, I think you should do it. Unbiased, I think you should Venmo me 500 to $1,000. Unbiased. Unbiased opinion. It's not financial advice, it's just good advice. Uh, any other injuries that were big that I missed? I don't think so. All right. That is going to, uh, wrap up the stream for this week. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, the waiver wire rankings will be up on the site tomorrow. BDGE.co. Ike baby said lunch is ordered. Do we have any guesses for Ike's lunch today? Do we have any guesses for Ike's lunch today? He ordered it. He ain't going to pick it up. It's Monday. It's not Tuesday. It's not hump day. It's certainly not Friday or thirsty Thursday. No guesses. No guesses. All right. Well, you guys are the least helpful people of all time. Oh, wait. Never mind. Here we go. I forgot that it's like super delayed. We got Don's, Popeye's, Five Guys, Wings. Egg, cheese, and sausage, breakfast burrito. It's out-of-pocket guess. That is the most fucking outrageous thing I've ever heard. Uh, Popeye's would be a pickup because it's right around the corner. He ordered it, so that's a no. Five guys, same thing, right around the corner, so that's a no. Unless he ordered it to go pick it up, in which case, I don't know, and the guys outside in the office have the advantage over me, whatever Nick was eating. What are you talking about? I don't eat shit. Only thing I eat are steroids. Can't you can't you fucking tell? Olave or Swift? Olave. All right, I'm out of here. Make sure you go sign up on prize picks. Promo code BDGE. Go hit that Josh Oliver over seven and a half receiving yards. I hope he gets the first catch of the game. That would make me feel really good about life. I love y'all. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. And if you go to Penn State, hit us in the Instagram BMs, please. Love you. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.